Smash Theory. Hello and welcome to a Smashing Theory, the ultimate prediction podcast for Super Smash Bros. and other video games. I'm Daniel. And I'm Sean. Welcome back, everybody. We took a little vacation after the anniversary. Yeah, but I, we didn't go anywhere because <laughs> nope. we can't yet. Yep. Almost we can. Yeah. So, uh, we're both... We've both locked in vaccination number one. Yeah, we're half vaxxed. Yeah, we're we're point five <laughs> vaxaroo. I will be getting my second vaccination on May twelfth, and I could not be more excited to be done with that part of this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm early May. Nice. Uh, and so is my fiance, and then we can actually like like spend time with close friends that have also been vaccinated. Yes. And the CDC says that I can fly to visit my family who've been vaccinated. Oh. Which is very exciting. That is exciting. Yes. I can get a haircut. That will be good for me as well. Yeah. Which, <laughs> Potentially. Uh, which I have not gotten since 2019. Yeah, no, same. Actually, I might not have even gotten them one since before 2019. Uh, I've been growing my hair out for a while now. Yeah. Most of that has been because of the pandemic. Yeah. And it's now at a point where it's, like, past my shoulders when I don't have it up in a ponytail. And half of me is like, God, it's so annoying. I go through shampoo so quickly. <laughs> I, I, my life is just, like, constantly pulling hairs out of my mouth over and over again. I can't wait to get my hair cut. And then the other half of me is like, well, I've come this far. <laughs> Let's see how long I can yeah. really go before I, like, just can't, before I rip it out, you yeah, know? Why don't I turn into Rapunzel Man? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I could be Rapunzel Man. Yeah. So, yep. My only superhero power is that my hair is very long. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're excited to get fully vaccinated is the point. And you should also do that, uh, listeners. Yeah. It's important. Yes. I read a depressing article in the New York Times that many people are skipping their second vaccination appointments, and you can't do that because then it's not effective. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go to the second one. Yeah. Uh, please please consider getting vaccinated. It's, yes. It's a good idea. It, it is. It just is. I know the internet can make that confusing but it's that's the internet's job yeah it's yeah it's it's not it's not that complicated in the end like it's it's just a good thing to do yeah you know i mean if you're in chicago you now can just walk to the united center and be like hey i'd like to get vaccinated and they'll do it no appointment required that wow yeah cool yeah they did that like two days after i (laughs) (laughs) did my appointment Yeah, right oh god it was so hard to get that first that first vaccination oh i was checking like zocdoc and walgreens and shit all the time yeah and then finally it was just like hey you want to do the united center i was like yeah sure okay this was easy anyway this isn't the vax cast (laughs) but it could be (laughs) in a very depressing alternate timeline right yes that's true uh in this episode, uh, what else are we playing? Spring 2021. We haven't done a what else are we playing in a while. That's true. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I love these episodes. Yeah, me too. They're fun. Like, yeah. Yeah, basically during like video game news droughts, we like to just talk about what video games we've been playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a callback to one of our older podcasts, Play This, where, yes. where we would talk about what video games we were playing and recommend games to people. Yeah. Uh, less of that in, in this one. Uh, first, some corrections sure. from uh, from the anniversary. Uh, here's here's a correction specifically for a good friend, Vinny G. <laughs> the kings in Super Mario Brothers three are actually kings of different kingdoms uh, in Mushroom World. Huh. None of them are the king of Mushroom Kingdom specifically, which is a kingdom within Mushroom World. Oh, oh, so Peach. Okay, 
Peach rules over Mushroom Kingdom within Mushroom World, but is not the only monarch in that universe. Correct. I see. There's there's kings. There's at least seven other kings scattered around various kingdoms. Okay. In Mushroom World, and uh, and none of those kings are her dad. <laughs> uh, the king of the Mushroom Kingdom is mentioned in the U.S. instruction booklet for Super Mario Bros. One, ah. but not the Japanese one or any official Mario canon. Okay, the king has also showed up in like, like one of the, like the Western like Mario cartoons and stuff. Right, but that is also not Mario canon. And then, of course, in the Super Mario World movie, uh, the king is also in that. Yes, quite a. In a weird way, he's quite a prominent character, but also has very little screen time. Uh, and you can only understand that if you watch it. But you don't have to watch it. <laughs> Good look, Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, so the the king... The king has not, like, been seen or mentioned or present any, in any, like, official, okay. official Mario stuff. Because, yeah, that Mario movie, also not Mario canon. Oh, thank God. In any way. Uh, sorry, Bob Hoskins. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. You know, I, I would not be surprised if one day they just introduced the King of Mushroom Kingdom in a game, you know? Maybe. It, it feels like it feels like one of those things where they didn't address it for so long, it would just feel awkward to address it now. I don't know. I can just, somehow in my mind, I can just imagine, like, a Super Mario Brothers game comes out, they're showing the trailer, and it's like, the King of Mushroom Kingdom has been kidnapped! And they're like, the what? And then you just go, you rescue him. <laughs> Do, do you that. feel like that would delegitimize Peach at all? Yes. Like, they shouldn't do it. <laughs> I just think they might do it. <laughs> I I feel like even if they started to do that, they would get in like one focus <laughs> test and be like, oh, this is right. a bad idea. <laughs> right, sure, Never mind. Uh, Deoxys' theme from Smash Bros, uh, Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald. Uh, maybe just Emerald? I don't know if he has that theme in Saf in Ruby or Sapphire. I don't know either. Um, anyway, Deoxys' theme is not in any Smash game. God, that's sad. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a bummer, but yeah, his his theme isn't in any Smash game. Okay. Uh and finally, uh Chaos Code next episode of Extreme Tempest, aka Chaos Code Next. Ah uh is back in development as of February eighteenth, twenty twenty one. It seems like it's in very slow development. Sure. But the but the guy who was working on it alongside his brother who ended up passing away mm-hmm. now seems to be kind of working on it by himself, just just okay. little by little. Yeah. I'm I'm glad. Yeah, me too. Uh yeah, he showed like some development footage of it at, at like at a convention or a tournament like a like, you know, uh a few a few months ago. Okay. And then he was like, Yeah, it it is in development. Um that's all I can really say right now. All right. Yeah. 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 I I'd be just you know, even just any time in the next ten years yes. if he wants to put that <laughs> sure. game out, I'd be really happy. Uh, if I could just play as Cathilla again in a current game, I'm yeah. all for it. Oh man. Yeah. Just just bring back Bravo. I'd <laughs> I'd be really excited to see any any new characters in that thing. I'm sure it would be oh, fantastic. Because that that cast just is great yeah all right so uh those are all the corrections what else have we been playing so uh for for this episode basically uh sean and i each picked three games Mm -hmm. uh that we've been playing that we'll kind of talk about in depth but actually in this time span we've actually kind of been playing a lot of different stuff true uh you more than me but true. yeah so 
I will also do some quick mentions where we'll each say like three ish other games, but like talk just just quick mentions. Just talk about them a yeah. little bit. So for me, uh, my my first quick mention, I've been playing Bravely Default Two. Yes. But by playing Bravely Default <laughs> Two for the past two months, what I mean is there's a feature in Bravely Default Two where uh you you send your adventurers out on a boat, right? And then put the switch in sleep mode, and then while the while the switch is in sleep mode, the boat goes on adventures and like picks up treasure and things, and then you. Uh, and then you turn the switch back on, and you can see what you picked up, True. right? Uh, I have, for the past, like, month and a half, uh, just, like, whenever I turn the switch off, I turn on Barely Default 2, I put it in sleep mode, the boat picks up some treasure, I get the treasure, and then I do it all over again. I haven't moved <laughs> from the boat! Uh, <laughs> I haven't moved from the boat shop in-game... In like a month and a half, that's all I've done with it. Uh, the but, dedication is impressive, I will yeah. say, because that means you have to leave the game you were playing, go into Bravely Default, load your save files, yes. and then put your Switch into sleep mode. Yeah. And then whenever you want to play something else, you have to take your Switch out of sleep mode, go into the game, collect the items, yes. and then save and quit. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's a weird, like... It's funny, just in, like, the last two days, I've gotten out of that habit a bit. Sure. And just, like, not gone into Bravely Default 2. Because at this point, I've collected, like, so <laughs> so much treasure. One of the treasures you can get is stuff that, like, ups your job level and ups your experience. Oh, okay. And if I actually, like, and also, like, stuff that can kind of permanently upgrade your stats. So if I actually use all the treasure I've accumulated <laughs> over the last month and a half, I'd be vastly overleveled sure. and overpowered. Uh, and I, I haven't... I haven't been able to bring myself to play the actual game. Uh, it's it's fine. Really, Fall Two is fine. Sure, uh, but the boat is probably the most addictive part. Interesting. Also, uh, Magic: The Gathering Arena right uh, has come to mobile phones. Yes. So I've been playing that for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's it's Magic: The Gathering. Right. Uh, but in, in many ways, yes. <laughs> uh, in in digital form, and I've I've actually been having a lot of fun with it. But the uh, but the progression, if you don't want to spend real money, is very very slow. Yeah. Uh, and um, and that's that's discouraging. I've I've still been playing every day. Uh, but like I could see myself having dropped it in a month just because I don't like it when it feels like a free to play game is pressuring me to spend money to actually enjoy the game. Yeah. Um, like there's free to play games that have a cost structure that feels reasonable. Yeah. And then there's free to play games where. It's free to play, but if you want to succeed, you have to pay more than you would if it were a standalone purchase. Yes, uh, and so I, de- I can definitely understand your your reticence there. Yeah, and also, you know, I over the last four years, I've just been spoiled by Yu Gi Oh Duel Links, <laughs> of course. Uh, which even like over the past four years, Yu Gi Oh Duel Links has decreased the amount of generosity, mm-hmm. uh, like that it has, like. You know the the amount of stuff it gives out for free as opposed to stuff that you have to pay for. Sure, uh, that it's like half as generous as it was when it launched, <laughs> and it's still ten times more generous uh-huh. than Magic: The Gathering Arena is mm-hmm. uh, now. Sure. So, yeah, I might end up dropping it, but the core gameplay is very satisfying and fun, and uh, and it does like it does give you a bunch of decks to start with, mm-hmm. and those and the decks are all cool. Okay. Yeah. You know, my favorite thing about 
Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links, and I can't believe I'm the one prolonging the Yu-Gi-Oh! conversation in oh, this go case, on. <laughs> is uh, the robust single-player content. Like, yeah. There's not the pressure of PvP. If you just want to play, you can fight AI. I yes. really like that, and it's like different every time. Yes, yeah. Um, does Magic have anything in the way of single-player content? No, uh, there's some tutorial bots when you, mm-hmm. you know, you can, uh, yeah, you there's a tutorial, and that's single-player and then I think maybe you have an option to play versus AI, but you get no rewards for playing versus mm, AI. Okay. And uh, and yeah, it basically like it 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 encourages you slash forces you to do PvP as soon as you finish the tutorial. That's a shame. Yeah, uh, I do love all the single player stuff in Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. Like, there's a single player event pretty much every week. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's that is nice oh god it's so nice <laughs> i haven't played duel links right in like a few months again mm-hmm. um the wax and wane of your interest in duel links continues. yeah i'm i'm sure i'll be back uh-huh. uh, i'm sure i'll be back in in good time <laughs> uh finally uh, my fiance lee and i have been playing haven nice uh which is We've been playing it on the Xbox One mm-hmm. with Game Pass, which nice. it is on. Yeah. And it's it's basically kind of like uh this co op adventure game slash uh dating sim <laughs> uh thing. Like basically uh it's kinda like a three D like action platformer thing where where you you're you're traversing this fragmented planet together and you both get to control a different character. The two characters are like lovers, um, and uh, there's a single player mode, but there's also a co op mode where you can uh, where you can both play uh, one member of the couple, and then uh, and then as you as you go on the adventure, there'll be different dialogue cutscenes, and and you will uh, you'll get to select dialogue options for your character during those during those cutscenes. That's cute. Uh yeah. And it's it's a very cute game. Art style's fantastic. The characters are very like relatable and okay. uh and and like their relationship feels real. Uh like <laughs> there there've been a lot of times when the characters interact and, and Lee and I'll just kinda like look at each other like <laughs> it's like, oh no, this is us, isn't it? Like it's uh-huh. it's very it's it's very well written. It's surprisingly well written. The characters are really likable, uh, and they're not like one dimensional either. They've got like a lot of interesting stuff going on. And yeah, I, I've we've we've been digging Haven. We've been kind of nice. playing it kind of on and off. Um, yeah, I've I've probably seen this one the least. Yeah, uh, out of what you're playing, I just catch you to playing it every now and again. But yeah. every time I see it, I'm like, oh, this does look really cool. Yeah, yeah, it is. I I think. I think people are kind of sleeping on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you have like a... Sorry. I just like to tell our listeners that when Daniel said sleeping on it, he did this hand motion that was like a, a dolphin sliding under some covers. <laughs> it was really interesting. <laughs> Please continue. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say like if you... If you have like, you know, an SO that you like playing video games with, mm-hmm. Haven's a really good time. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what are you, what's your quick mentions? Well, I'll tell you. First of all, um, I've been getting back into Guitar Girl, which ah. is like a, kind of an idler clicker sort of game yeah. for mobile phones, uh, where you play as a 
girl in a fictional but kind of vaguely South Korean uh, city, hmm. uh, because I think it's made by South Korean developers, cool. um, who kind of just plays guitar and she starts streaming it and starts accruing fans. And um, I then kind of the, the more you click or, or tap, you know, and you can kind of get auto tapping and all those kinds of things, those trappings of that genre, mm-hmm. uh, the more fans you get. And you kind of unlock little story segments that are like text message conversations between Guitar Girl and her friends and admirers. Hmm. I played it until I had done all of the story that was in the game and then (laughs) continued playing it for quite some time after that, but then kind of dropped off. And I actually reinstalled it because I just got a new phone and I was kind of looking at the some of the changes and they added like this whole new... So prior to now, um, you could stream in your room playing guitar, or you could busk on the street, and right. those are two different gameplay modes. Now, yeah. you can do concerts at your school, and Ooh. it's like a totally new kind of gameplay thing where, like, depending on the strength of the bonds you have with your friends, your concert will be more successful, and you can get, like, a higher grade, and then mm. that unlocks story progression where you actually see text message conversations like between the other characters that you've been interacting with and you kind of play as them and i'm totally sucked back in this game is like it's like playing a slice of life anime like what (laughs) could possibly be more perfect for me the only thing that's missing is like medieval people with swords and dragons and shit like it's great (laughs) i I feel like combining those wouldn't be wouldn't be as great guitar girl the school's on fire dragon It'd be, it'd be awesome. I feel like that might take take the average player out of it a bit. Well, it would be great, but I will accept that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've been playing Guitar Girl. Uh, I've also been uh, playing because now I have an iPad, which I've never had before now. Uh, I've never yeah. really had any Apple products before now. Uh, the iPad's great. I've been playing on Apple Arcade um, World of Demons. Which is a an, an Apple Arcade game made by Platinum Games, mm-hmm. who of course did the combat in Nier Automata. They did Bayonetta. Uh, yeah. What else have they done? They did uh, oh oh of course uh, Metal Gear Rising. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They they're just kind of synonymous with like uh, character action games. Yes, like they're considered kind of this pedigree that's fantastic at it. And what's really interesting to me is that like. You know, you play a Platinum Games game, and it's it's just kind of centered around this idea of, like, countering or, or dodging enemy attacks at exactly the right time and then counterattacking, right? Yeah. And that's kind of present. Like, you always, when you play a Platinum Games game, you can always kind of tell it's them because that element is there. And you would think to yourself, like, that doesn't seem particularly difficult. How is it that they're the only company that does this? <laughs> and yet... You know, going into World of Demons, I mean, you immediately are like, oh, it's a Platinum Games game, and it feels fucking great. (laughs) Uh, You play as a little samurai boy defeating demons, and as you defeat them, you can kind of collect them and then use them to do special moves, basically. Yeah. You can, like, summon a kappa, and then they'll do a water attack. Ooh, neat. Um, And you just, you know, I mean, it's very simple. You're just kind of, like, progressing through areas uh, and defeating bosses and stuff, but it's just fun. It's it's a good time. If you have Apple Arcade, definitely check it out. Nice. Yeah, Apple Arcade, like, that was one of, like, 30 games that they just uploaded, like, <laughs> yeah. at once. No, Apple Arcade is a cool service. I have yeah. to I have to say, as an Android boy, uh, <laughs> we, we have nothing like Apple Arcade on my Pixel that I have now. Uh, and uh, it's, it's just great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well worth the, uh, whatever, I don't know, whatever the price is. I'm on a free trial. Uh, I think it's, like, five or six bucks a month. Oh, totally worth yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I might end up having to do a correction. Oh, later, whatever. But... 
but yeah, I it it is like it is less than ten bucks a month. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, and uh, and they really like. I uh I actually upgraded my phone, so I also have a free trial. <laughs> uh, but I'm waiting to activate it. Right. Uh, Until but, uh, such time as you can kind of devote time to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and and also just so like I can kind of maximize mm-hmm. the like you know the amount of the amount of free sure. that I get. You know. <laughs> yeah. Because like whatever gets released, like right. You know, I, I see. I'll, what you I'll mean. have permanent access to it, right? So I might as well like kind of start. Uh like right before my shit expires and sure. then I have access to, you know, like 15 months of Apple Arcade instead of 12 months of Apple Arcade. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, or or however, yeah, you, you yeah, got I, I get you. Yeah. You're being thrifty. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> for for once, <laughs> for once I'm being thrifty. And uh, then thirdly, um, in spite of a game that recently came out that's been sucking up all of my attention, but I'll get to that later, Mm-hmm. I have still been playing Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, they released a patch recently that added a bunch of new content, uh, including, actually speaking of Nier, um, they clo- They kind of ended the Nier Automata raid series that they've been doing this expansion ah. uh, with a third raid wing called the Tower at Paradigm's Breach, which is excellent. You're kind of ascending this massive tower that has appeared in the world of Eorzea for some reason and just fighting bosses from near hmm. uh and it's really really great and actually very emotional uh as you would expect of Yoko Taro kind of by the time you get through the whole thing right uh and they also they've been doing a series of boss battles against like the weapons like ruby sapphire emerald right right you mentioned and that. so uh like, yeah. and so they uh they finished that off as well with a fight against the diamond weapon which is this very cool battle where it kind of like uses techniques from the other weapons huh. and uh just def- definitely a good send off for that series which i've enjoyed immensely okay um it's yeah my my attention to Final Fantasy fourteen has definitely waned a little bit, but i I don't think that that's a tendril that will ever truly die unless <laughs> you know Naoki Yoshida does something that really pisses me off and I quit right uh so yeah, still playing that nice, and those are my games all right, cool, so I mean those are my small games now we get to large games yes exactly now now we'll do our our main game discussion where yes. we'll where we'll each talk about our our games just kind of fully without worrying as much about a time constraint. Right. Um, I was talking very quickly <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> before, but yeah. now I'll talk slowly. Ooh. Yes. Wow. So, uh, would you like to go first? Um. Yeah, I'll go first. So, my first of my th- of my three game picks is uh, I beat Noja. Nice and. If you've if you've dipped out of the podcast <laughs> at all, like if you've you've mm-hmm. been listening to any like scatterings of our episodes, you might have heard me talk about this before. Yeah. In case you haven't, Noja is uh just like it came out for the Switch a couple months ago, about a month ago, a month and a half ago. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh it came out for the Switch recently. It's a it's a social deduction game slash visual novel slash RPG. Uh, I guess like if you want to be really reductive, you could call it single player Among Us. <laughs> uh, it, like it draws from uh, it draws a lot from the game Werewolf, mm-hmm. which is which is kind of a social deductive game that you usually play like kind of in in a group of real people. Yeah, you may also have played Mafia, which Ye- is the same thing yes. with a different premise. Yes, yeah, like basically like. Each player like has a role, uh, and 
and some of the people with those roles basically have to lie. Right. Uh, so it's just the group collectively trying to figure out who's like telling the truth and and who who are who are playing who which people are playing the role of like the evil people basically. Yeah. Uh, like you like basically the group wins if they eliminate the evil people and the evil people win if they can trick the group long enough to whittle down their numbers right. as they keep eliminating people they think are the evil people. Uh, Noja is is this as a single player video game with a full story and like a <laughs> bunch of like kind of social link like character interactions and stuff uh, and like a cast of like 15 characters uh, that like they are all distinct characters that stay the same in each run but the roles still change because you're kind of uh going you're you're kind of looping over and over you're uh like you're you're kind of in a different version of the same reality each time right uh your your circumstances are kind of different in each run mm -hmm. uh and and in one uh like this it's like a sci-fi setting also that takes place like on a spaceship right and uh and the bad the the bad people role is called the nausea mm -hmm. um and in some runs like you you might be a crew member and like and like this, this girl SQ might be a Noja, and then in a different run, you might be the Noja, and SQ might be a crew member, or you could be like a guardian angel, and your job's to like protect people from getting killed by the Noja, mm -hmm. um, or or you could be an engineer, and your job is like you get to check a different crew member uh, every night to see if they're Noja. It's yeah, like it's it it's it's like that for uh for a lot of the game and then and then you're also kind of finding out individual character stories and kind mm -hmm. of unraveling the big mystery as to why like as to why you keep looping over and over right. and uh and boy uh I loved the premise yeah. like when I saw it in the Japanese eShop I just stumbled <laughs> upon it I couldn't even like read half of what was going on yeah but like even even just the art was really striking to me and the general and the general idea after I looked it up online and then I just prayed for months that it would get <laughs> localized and then it did get localized. I have to say I, I remember thinking to myself like this will never get localized. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad it did. I feel like we have Among Us to thank for that. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think the popularity like like basically Among Us got really popular and then like <laughs> Four months later, right. a localization of Noja got announced. What's really interesting to me about Noja is you hear about it, and if you're me, you know, initially you think, God, this is such a neat premise. And then you think, werewolf and games like it have such a reliance on kind of the humanity of them. How yeah. can a video game possibly make this work? Yeah. And yet it totally makes it work. Yeah, it really does. Re it's uh, remarkable, actually, how much it succeeds yeah. you know, at its premise. Yeah, one thing it has is it has kind of an uh, an RPG-like character yes. progression. Uh, you have, like, stats that you can kind of upgrade between each run. Mm -hmm. and uh, And there's stats that, like make you better at convincing the other characters <laughs> yeah. that you're telling the truth or or make you less likely to get killed or uh make make you be better at telling when other characters are lying right uh and you can kind of create your own like character build based on what you want to do the most um and yeah they they turn they turn werewolf 
which really, I yeah, which really you would think would only really work as a LARP. They right. turn it into a, a video game. Yeah, and they do it pretty well. Um, and you you even though you don't really have you know like like so much of werewolf kind of relies on like subterfuge and pretending that you know you are what you're not or, yeah. or whatever. Like you still have to make a lot of the same decisions in Noja, but it's almost more like you you see a character do something and you're like, now why would they do that? Yeah, you, know? yeah. you really have to think about what what their end game might be. Yeah, um, it's very satisfying. It it really is. Like, and if if you're more familiar with Among Us than you are with the stuff like Werewolf, sure. it's it's kind of the same thing where like you you see someone behave a certain way and and you're like, oh, they would they do that if they weren't the imposter and that <laughs> right. kind of thing, right? Yes. Like, uh, like that actually ends up working really well in the single player format. And, uh, and like, you know, around the middle, like kind of going through each loop and, and doing that over again, uh, was starting to get a bit repetitive, but then I, I got to a point where I was unlocking a lot of story right. at once and, and the story is real cool. Yes. Also, I love the characters. Yes. Uh, so there's, there's like some there's some messed up anime stuff going on yeah. like here and there but it also has uh and this I think this is also partially thanks to playism the people localizing the game I think like the specificity of how good this is is particular to like the localization sure um but it's also like the most uh one of the most trans inclusive games I've ever played in my life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's a couple characters in the game that identify as non binary, mm-hmm. um, and it's funny actually when the game launched, it had like it had some language in it that wasn't very like right. some language for those definitions that weren't super trans inclusive, and then uh, and then like the localizers like kind of listened to some feedback and and patched the game yes. to to make it like more more accurate. Like, uh, which is great. Yeah, I mean, how often do you see video games do that? Yeah, N- never. I don't, I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if I ever have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like the non the non binary characters in the game are also like really awesome, and they yeah. have they have cool stuff going on besides just being non binary. Yes. Um, and the game's also like fairly gay, and it's <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh-huh. Uh, you also uh. Uh, also, your your character yes. can uh, you basically get to pick whether you are are male, female, or non-binary. Right? Yeah. You get to pick your pronouns, and that is also is a really rare thing. I think uh, I think last game I saw do that was Pyre from Super Giant right. Games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, just. Uh, like this Japanese developed game actually ends up being like very very cool and inclusive and. In um, like that's that's definitely the best representation I've seen from from a Japanese made product. Oh, for sure. Period. <laughs> and when you compare it to stuff like Persona, I mean, it's just streets oh, ahead. Yes. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, just leaps and bounds. Yeah. Um. But yeah, even even without even without that, even without kind of the representation being really cool, the game itself is just a just cool as it's just cool as shit. Yeah. It does yeah. it does such cool things. Like like, you know, I there's so much about it that I that I don't really want to talk about because like I want I want it to be a fresh experience for anyone listening to this. Because mm-hmm. I feel like no one is playing this game besides me and Lee. <laughs> uh which isn't true. They're you know right, right. like uh 
but I feel it could definitely be more of a success for playism, and I really want that to pay off for them. Sure. Um, so if if you like visual novels at all, yeah, like you know, if if you thought like like Zero Escape or Danganronpa was cool, mm-hmm. uh, if uh, if you just think it'd be interesting to see what Among Us or or you know games like Werewolf and Mafia and stuff would be like as a single player experience, yeah. Uh, if you just want to see like a bunch of like good art of cool anime characters, <laughs> uh, I think particularly you know for the visual novel heads out there, I mean it's a no brainer. Yeah, like, definitely check it out. It's the wildest visual novel you will play this decade. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's got a lot of great unique stuff going on. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 a <laughs> like. I mean, another visual novel released this decade was uh, 13 Sentinels, which is also very wild. Yeah, I love that game. And when I say wild, I don't necessarily mean better or worse. This is a wilder game, I Hmm. think. I I... think uh, conceptually and in terms of kind of what they did with the gameplay, it's Hmm. wilder. I I think they both, like, I think they both are some of the most unique experiences I've had in a video game. They definitely both buck genre conventions in really interesting ways. Yes, yeah, and and also they do it in very different ways from each other. Yes. Uh, So while I I don't know which I would say is more wild than the other, they're both very wild. You should check them both out. I like that this is what the discussion has become. (laughs) (laughs) What's the wildest game? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they're both very wild. Uh, you should check them both out. Noja benefits from being like, I think, much less problematic than yes, uh, than Thirteen Sentinels, and like, also a good deal cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Noja's what like thirty bucks? I, th- I think something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's that's still significantly cheaper than uh, than Aegis Rim because we we did our game of the year discussion. We talked a lot about how Aegis Rim is very good. Yes, but it also like. You know, does a does a lot of gross stuff that sexualizes teens and mm-hmm. all all this kind of thing. Most of the cast of Noja is adults, yes, and Noja can also be horny sometimes, but it's at least they're adults. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> largely with the adult characters. There, yeah. there's still there's still some weird anime stuff in there. Yeah, uh, but I'd say it's it's both far less frequent and far less of a focus. Yes, uh, in Noja than it is in in Aegis Rim. I agree. Yeah, I love Noja, and mm-hmm. I think, I think, um, I'll pr- I'll probably be talking about it more over the course of the year. You know, cool. I, I don't know, uh, like it's it's gonna be, it's gonna be a a pretty nuts year, I think, if Noja doesn't make like you know at least like my honorable mentions when we do game of the year discussion. Right? Yeah, 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 uh. We'll we'll see how that goes, obviously, but uh, but I had a very positive experience with Nosha, and I, I hope I hope other people do too. I think it's such a cool game. Nice, yeah. Uh, do you do you have any last Nosha thoughts? Um, man, Nosha is really cool, and uh, if I hadn't watched Daniel and Lee play most of it, I'd buy it myself. <laughs> Maybe one day I will, just to support playism. Yeah, it's that cool. It's it's very cool. I mean, if it seems like it'd be even a little bit up your alley, you know, watch trailer. I'm sure you'll be sold. Yeah, yeah. The, the art, the art's so good too. Like the character designs, yes, are dope. Yeah. 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 Great. I like I beat it a while ago, but I wanted to talk about it here. <laughs> hey, sure. Yeah. Why not? It's valid. Yeah. Uh what's what's your first game? 
Well, I have, of course, been playing the shit out of Monster Hunter Rise, Oh, cool, obviously. so you're, you're leading with that, huh? That's not like a save the best for last kind of thing? No, I'm just going in uh, the order that's on the outline. Okay, alright. Yeah. yeah, Monster Hunter Rise, man. It's yeah. cool. It's, uh... I'm an enormous fan of Monster Hunter. I've been playing it since Monster Hunter Portable Second for the PSP in 2007. Right. Uh, which now is quite a long time ago. And even at that yeah. time, like, I... I I picked that up and people on the internet were like, oh, you're like a little, you're like a little portable second baby because you haven't been playing it since the first game. And now <laughs> there's like Gaijin Hunter, the the god of Monster Hunter online, you know, uh -huh. in terms of news and stuff. He started playing the generation after I did. Uh. Um, so I've been playing Monster Hunter for a very long time, suffice right. to say. Uh, I adore monster hunter rise it's the latest monster hunter that's come out for the nintendo switch yes and like monster hunter world before it it has introduced kind of a number of really welcome changes that have just made it even more fun even more accessible than any previous game in the franchise uh first and foremost my absolute favorite thing is that now uh for traversal you have this thing called a wire bug, which is this little kind of glowing white bug. Uh, you can send it out, and then it kind of sends almost like a like a rope towards you, and you can grab it and swing, uh, you know, from anywhere. Basically, the wire bug is just a conceit so that you can do kind of Spider-Man swings without having to actually latch onto terrain, right? Right, okay, yeah. Um, and, I mean you you have kind of a certain number of wirebug charges you normally have two you can find wild wirebugs on the map and then get a third charge during a hunt okay uh and i mean you can start if you have kind of a high enough starting point on one side of the map and just kind of fling and swing yourself like halfway or more toward the other side with this system. Wow. You can use it, like if you get knocked away by a monster, you can recover by using a wire bug to kind of sling yourself out of the way. Hmm. Um, you can uh, use the wire bug to do kind of special wire bug themed attacks, like one for the sword and shield, for instance, is your wire bug latches onto your sword, then you kind of swing it around like a whip and do a bunch of hits. That's neat. Yeah, there's lots of cool stuff like that. Uh, but primarily just for the traversal, because in addition to wire bugging around, you can now also kind of parkour your way up walls. Uh, it just, like, getting to the monster used to be the least fun thing about Monster Hunter, right? Yes. Especially in the older games when you had to, like, travel through different maps with different loading zones, and there really wasn't that much of an emphasis on verticality. You were just, like, sprinting toward a monster. Yeah, and I, th I think even in Worlds... Yes, like that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, I I, th I think, obviously, World was better at that than, than past games. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there was, there was still kind of, like, a... Like, I remember some of the longer hunts where it would take mm -hmm. longer, you'd be just you know, like, chasing after the footprints for a real long time, yeah. it would kind of feel like filler. And particularly if you were in, like, that forest zone, which was very vertical, it was like, ah, shit, the Rathian's all the way up there, yeah. I'm all the way down here, and I gotta yeah. go all the way up there. Yeah. yeah, like, not great. Uh, In Rise, it's like, ooh, you know, this Mizutsune is halfway across the map. This is great! I'm gonna <laughs> swing over to it! I'm gonna have so much fun swinging over to it! And they kind of added these, basically these power-ups uh, called Endemic Life that are like little creatures that you can collect that will like give you extra stamina or extra attack power or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and there are a lot of situations where like, 
there's kind of a cliff and you'll see endemic life like lining their way up the cliff and that's the game signaling to you like you can run up this oh like it's just very well designed okay. there are like paths where you can kind of run in, you know, kind of a certain path along the map toward the monster and buff yourself as you go. Or, like, collect one-time-use items that you can then use to stun the monster, trap them, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it has never been so much fun to get around a map in Monster Hunter. Even the quests that are like, go and collect eight things. Before it was like, ah, shit, I gotta go collect these eight things. I'm just gonna be running around collecting things. Great. Right. Now it's like, oh, man, I have to go find all these things. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna, like, take this path and, like, go under here and then wire bug over that. Uh, yeah, I mean, awesome. Uh, such a great addition. I really hope that it's in every Monster Hunter game from now on. I don't <laughs> think that will necessarily happen because yeah. this is, like, in Monster Hunter, there's, like, the main team and then the weird team right and the weird team made rise <laughs> um so i so i don't know if they're going to keep this stuff but you know and, i mean it's so good and also the weird team made uh generations they did that, right yes. and i feel like i feel like rise is kind of similar to generations in that like uh, they kind of both focused on your character having like more mobility yes. and and like and doing more like wacky anime things that are <laughs> then are usually capable that mm -hmm. then then you're usually capable of in the mainline series. That is true. I yeah. actually call the weird team the anime team huh. uh, most often, uh, and they actually. Like, in Generations, you had kind of, like, special moves that you could do. A lot of those are now the wirebug skills, ah. uh, which is neat. Like, they kind of brought a bunch of them back. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, even if it's just in Rise, I mean, that will cement Rise as being one of my favorite Monster Hunter games of all time, for sure. That alone. Wow. They've also added, in addition to the Palico cat companions, you can now have a Palamute dog companion. Right. Which is kind of like a pony-sized dog that you can mount and ride around. Yeah. Um, which is just another thing that makes traversal a pleasure. You know, you can kind <laughs> of run very quickly toward the boss. Um, if you don't feel like swinging around like Spider-Man for some fucking reason. Um, <laughs> and uh, they're kind of more offense-oriented than the Palicos. They can do a lot of really neat attacks. Um, I like that a lot, too. Can you pet the Palamute? You can, yes. Good. You can pet the Palamute. Uh, you can, and for the Palico, you can actually pull out like a little cat toy <laughs> and play with them. Uh, and then you have another thing called a Kohoot, which is like a little owl. Uh, that uh, you can kind of call down and play with as well. Oh. Yeah, it's it's a good game for animal companions. That's that's uh, good. Sure. What the 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 primary reason I haven't picked this game up yet is yeah. that I heard that the Poogie uh, is is not in this game. <laughs> I'm sad to say I don't think he. If any if he is, he's very well hidden because right. I haven't discovered him yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. For the first time in Monster Hunter history. I don't think Poogie is in this game, man. Which is, which is remarkable. Yeah, and, and such an oversight. Yeah, like uh, in in world, uh, you can have a pet Poogie, right? Uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know if you could have them as pets in previous games, but uh, yeah, they 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 kind of show up in the village and then they'll like hang around in your house. Oh, you know, that's basically, cute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can have a pet Poogie in in world, and you could also dress it up in little outfits. <laughs> yes, and uh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I. <laughs> And I think like there was, 
like if you like pet the poogie enough times, you got like an in-game reward or something. Yeah, or there there were like little kind of quests you could do where you would like bring the poogie around and have him investigate areas of the hub world. And, yeah, and then you would get rewards, which yeah. was excellent. Uh, I like. It seems like they made a lot of changes for the better in Rise, <laughs> but I. It's so sad to hear that they left that out this time. Obviously, there's a lot of good stuff still in there. But. Yes. Uh, to to kind of close things out because outside of those two things, it's it's very much a Monster Hunter experience. Yeah. Um, I will talk about my favorite new monster in the game, which is this thing called Goss Harag. Ooh. It's like a big yeti, basically. I think it's actually oh. based on like a uh, based on a uh, a Japanese kind of uh, monster of, of folklore. Because because the setting of Rise is very like Monster Hunter Japan. Yes. Yeah. What's what's really funny about Monster Hunter is that like. Every now and again, they'll be like, yeah, after doing all these other games, we just wanted to do a game that was kind of like Japan. And then it was like, okay, you, you did that two games ago. Uh, but sure. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's uh, a lot of the new monster designs are kind of based on Oni. Like um, okay. there's one that's a bird. And when it kind of folds its wings in a certain way, it looks like an umbrella. So that's like that uh, umbrella. Yeah, Oni. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, that, the, the yokai. Yeah, or yokai. That's what it is. Yes. yes. Searching for that word. Uh, so I believe Ghost Harag is based on a yokai of some kind. Uh, uh, but I, you know, being an ignorant Westerner, kind of associate <laughs> it with like Bigfoot or something like that. Sure, sure. Um, so it's this big kind of hulking white furred monster that actually uses the same sort of skeleton as like a lot of the sort of bear or mammal monsters in the game. Okay. Uh, but what differentiates it from those is that Every now and again, it will just stand up on its hind legs and kind of breathe frost breath onto its arms to form one or two big ice blades. <laughs> and then it's just like walking around like a human and kind of swinging them around and trying to hit you with them. Uh, and it it really kind of elevates the fight to like a new level because there's this just sort of almost second phase where it completely becomes different. Huh. Uh, and you can break the ice blades to get uh, special car, uh, crafting material that you uh, wouldn't otherwise be able to get. Uh, so yeah, Ghost Rog is my favorite. Uh, the movement's excellent. The dogs are excellent. Play Monster Hunter Rise. I've been obsessed with it. I've been playing it with all of my friends except Daniel <laughs> lately. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten it yet. I feel like me getting it is... is I don't know if I'd say go as strong as saying inevitable. Sure. Uh, but like... I was kind of expecting to get enough like gift card money for my birthday <laughs> to just right. like buy Rise and and I didn't. Uh, and there's just like so many other games coming out in the same time span that yeah. I, that I want to buy with my actual money. Like, sure. uh, no, I mean I would say yeah. you know, get it if you want or don't. Yeah, you know, it's up yeah. to you. Um, yeah, but I I am intrigued by it and um I I could see myself uh picking it up like. It's funny, one reason I didn't pick it up immediately is because I knew that if I played it alongside you and Max, you guys would <laughs> outpace me immediately and I'd get really frustrated again. Uh, so, like, uh, but now, like, you guys have both beaten the game. It's like, I wonder who I play, who I would play it with now. Like, uh, I, you, I mean, you, yeah, of I, course. I know you dip yeah. back. You, you always do, but... Uh, one of my favorite things about Monster Hunter is helping out noobs. Yeah. There's actually a feature in this game where you can just do a random quest that someone has asked for help with. Oh. And I do that a lot just for my own amusement. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah, that does sound nice. But yeah, maybe, um, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll, when, when I pick it up, maybe I can, like, let our, let our Discord know and maybe, yeah, uh, yeah maybe, maybe other people hop on. 
Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I am intrigued by it, and I, it has been it has been long enough after World. I, I don't think, like, uh, like, I think Monster Hunter for me is going to be a game that, like, I, I can kind of play, like, spaced out, right? Sure. Like, like I can't I can't be like Sean Francis and just like play Monster Hunter nonstop and then another game comes out and I play that nonstop. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, I uh like I, I kind of need like lengthy breaks between Monster Hunters, but I kinda got that. Like 'cause I never sure. I never played Iceborne or anything. Oh, I loved Iceborne, but yeah. this is better than Iceborne. Wow, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, Iceborne actually introduced this thing called the Clutch Claw, which was basically like a grappling hook. Huh. And so this is just, it's just the Clutch Claw better. Right. I mean, it's just that taken to 11 by the anime team. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if the Clutch Claw was kind of like a like a prototype. Basically. I wonder about that too. I Like, I don't know when Rise's development started. Yeah. You know, and I, so I wonder which came first, the chicken or the egg kind right, of. Yeah. But, but yeah. Like, yeah, maybe maybe they made it, maybe they were like prototyping it in Rise. And right. Like, what do we put in World and see how <laughs> players like it yeah and we can if we can fix the stuff that the players don't like about it uh in the full release of rise that could be yeah yeah that, that sounds like a capcom game development thing yeah yeah uh cool yes cool so what's your second game my second game is uh and i actually did buy this with a gift card that i got for my birthday <laughs> uh given to me by Lee. Oh. Uh I got The Longing for right. the Switch after its shadow dropped as part of the the indie world that yes. happened earl- earlier this month. Uh and The Longing is is an, is a weird is a weird game. It's, it's, <laughs> it it's, is that. It's very weird uh but it's it's very cool and it's one of those experiences that I feel like you you could only really have in a video game. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh the main conceit of the longing is that you are like a little shade created by this this ancient powerful king. Right. And the king is uh has decided to slumber for 400 days and when he awakens he will he will end suffering or something, right? <laughs> um but you uh he he slumbers deep underground and and you uh you've been created to kind of wake him in the at the end of the 400 days right right? uh you are to stay beneath the caves and not climb to the surface and just wait for the king sure um and those 400 days pass in real time (laughs) uh (laughs) like basically uh yeah if if you start the game you you close the app you go do other things and then you open it again 10 days later you will have 390 days until the king wakes. right like uh like regardless of whether or not you're playing it, that time will pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and the a lot of the game is just like about waiting. Like the you can kind of make the shade like explore different parts of the cave, mm-hmm. and his walk animation is very <laughs> slow. Yes. He just kind of strolls, you know. And then like you can kind of have him remember like places he's been and just kind of. Uh, you can just like hit a button, hit a button to send him like on on a little on a little stroll, and then he'll just walk to a random place. Right. You know, um, you can uh, you can have him like read books in in a little house cave that he's made for himself, mm-hmm. uh, and and he'll just you know he'll just read that. You can leave, and then he'll <laughs> finish the book, and like it's uh, 
it's it's like a very like deliberately slow paced game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some things that you cannot do or have access to until like you just wait in a specific <laughs> spot for several real time minutes. Right. Uh, and and yet like uh, I don't know. I I've become very invested in it. You mm-hmm. know, like it's it's been like a neat thing to be like, okay, cool. I can send I can send the shade. Uh, brother, I can, uh, the shade doesn't have a name beyond a shade. It's not even the shade. It's just a shade. <laughs> right. Uh, and like it, uh, I've, I've been saying he, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't seem to have like any gender one way or another. Sure. Um, I've just had a lot of places just go, okay, cool. I'll send the shade over here. I'll, I'll have it like chisel away at this crystal for a bit while I go make lunch. <laughs> right. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, I got to go to bed, so I'll put it back in its in its little house cave and have it read a really long book. I'll have it read Moby Dick, and then mm. when I and then when I wake up, it'll be done <laughs> reading Moby Dick because that's a fucking long ass book. Uh, and uh, and like, oh, it's like, oh, I, I found this part of the cave. Uh, I found this map earlier that lets me know that like, uh, this path that's blocked off. If I maybe go around this way and and wait for uh wait for like time to erode this path <laughs> uh I'll be able to check this out like uh there manages to be always like something new for mm-hmm. me to do like after I come back to the game and and there's there's a lot of like kind of dark soul style lore within it too yeah yeah it, it just like it tells it tells stories in very subtle ways like the the shade will just like kind of observe things and you you can kind of take those observations to to gain new knowledge about mm-hmm. the 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 world you're in right um it's <laughs> i don't know what kind of person i'd recommend this game to yeah it's What's remarkable to me about The Longing is that it is impossible to describe it in a way that makes it sound compelling. <laughs> yeah. Like, anytime you talk about it, it sounds like the world's most boring game. <laughs> Doesn't it? And yet it is really compelling yeah. in a strange way. It actually reminds me of, like, the first time I ever played a point-and-click adventure game. It was this, in hindsight, bad game called Terratopia that, like, came for free with my computer, huh. with my parents' computer windows 95 where you kind of were exploring this island and trying to find your friends who'd gone missing and the feeling that i remembered having as i was exploring that world was like wow this is so mysterious like what anything could be around any corner you know look at i I just found these strange runes what do they mean you know Mm -hmm. um oh wow this river just talked to me in a riddle like what does that mean and i think that like if you played a game maybe like Mist or something and you had that similar feeling of like, God, this world is so interesting and the whole thing is just open to me and yeah. I can spend so much time exploring and learning about what it, it, it's like and what my purpose is here and yeah. this and that. I think The Longing is a game you can play where you have, you experience that feeling all the time and you get to experience it for 400 days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think one thing that's really interesting about it, right, is that there's so many different ways you can play it. Yes. You can do what I've been doing, kind of exploring every part of the cave right. and and seeing all the things you can find out and all the books you can collect and mm-hmm. all the all the ways you can upgrade your your home and and uh 
and all the mysteries that are kind of just kind of out there and see like the extent to which you can answer these mysteries or you can start the game turn it off <laughs> right and, and turn it back on again in 400 days and just watch the ending sure right like there's uh i don't even know if there are like different endings for this game but it feels like there are because sure. there's there's so many different like uh ways to experience the game actually they're like uh like it does kind of imply that there's different choices you can make, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and it feels like the outcomes of those choices will will make the way that things resolve uh, very different. And like there there are like there are some little wrinkles to the game that make it more interesting that I feel like are are better to just kind of experience like uh, like organically and and yeah, uh, but like. Even as kind of this weird, like kind of boring, but but like also kind of interesting experimental thing mm-hmm. that it is, right? Like this mix of like virtual pet and idle game and and point and click adventure, right? Like, uh, it's it's yeah, it's one of the most unique things I've I've experienced in video games. Yeah. You know, like. Well, like you, you could not adapt the longing to a movie and have right. it have the same impact, right? Like it's, it's something that that only that only video games as a medium could kind of produce. Yes. and I I love when I when I stumble upon things like that. Mm-hmm. I love I love things that like, uh, you know, like I I don't, <laughs> I don't want to like sound pretentious when I say like <laughs> the longing is art, right? Oh, I mean, think it is. Yeah, right. But it's it's like something that, that yeah that kind of evokes a very unique emotion when you play. Like yes. it, it uh, it it kind of it kind of interacts with your brain in a way that I haven't I haven't seen anything <laughs> else do uh-huh. like, to quite the extent that the longing does. Sure. It's uh yeah like uh like when we're done recording, I'm gonna go back to the longing <laughs> and. Uh-huh. And explore an area of the cave that I hope is developed in the time that it has taken us to talk about this. <laughs> right. Right? It's, uh... Yeah, it's it's so weird. Like, uh, like I think the longing is, is for is for people that are interested in, in the ways games can be different, right? Yes. Like, uh... <laughs> like, I think if, like... I think if your your speed is mostly just like Mario and Halo and you don't want to like sure, sure uh and and you think if if you think what I'm talking about sounds stupid uh <laughs> it it might be stupid to you right 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 uh but yeah if if you if you think unique experiences are cool mm-hmm. the longing is a unique experience and I think I think uh I think that defines it very accurately. Yes. And nothing else real nothing else really defines it very accurately. Yeah. I, I think it is for better or for worse a game that has to be experienced to be understood. Yes. Ooh, yeah, yeah I like that. Thank you. Well put. Thanks. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's 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 weird, but but I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. What's um what's your number two? My number two is Vagrant Story, oh. which I've been playing on my YouTube channel as a as a kind of let's play. YouTube.com slash rechief. That's me. Uh, so Vagrant Story is 
it was kind of a black mark on my Yasumi Matsuno report card for a while <laughs> because it was like the one game of his that I hadn't, you know, played to to kind of more of an extent than like trying it out for five minutes. Sure. Like I had it for the PSP and I played a little bit of it. I was like, this seems kind of neat. And then I never went back to it. Okay. Um, compared to like Ogre Battle, Tactics Ogre, Final Fantasy Twelve, et cetera, et cetera. Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, and so I knew that I wanted to just play something for me. I wanted to play something that I really wanted to try. And so I've been playing Vagrant Story to kind of fill out my Yasumi Matsuno uh, catalog of uh, gaming experiences. Right on. And Vagrant Story is in some ways unlike any other game that I've played, and yet it is also quintessentially a Yasumi Matsuno game in a really interesting <laughs> way. You play as essentially this kind of secret agent named Ashley Riot who has to... Inf- that, that, that's a very Isn't Matsuno it? name, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but you have been tasked with infiltrating this kind of lost city called Leomond, um that where like a calamity happened and it's been abandoned except for like monsters and zombies and things like that ever since mm. uh because there is a cult there called the Mullenkamp court uh cult excuse me um led by this kind of mysterious Sephiroth type called Sydney um <laughs> imagine do you think do you think if people played Final Fantasy 7 do you think they would find Sephiroth like as sexy and cool <laughs> as as people think that Sephiroth is if his name was Sydney. Uh, no. <laughs> Cloud just like just like gazing at his mortal enemies going Sydney. <laughs> and yet the parallels are remarkable when you get huh. into the game. But anyway, um so you kind of you kind of go initially through these like abandoned wine cellars and then you wind up in the city and that's where I am now. I've I've, I've just gotten into Leamon. I've been exploring it a little bit what i could just see this kind of cheshire cat like grin spreading across <laughs> daniel's face i'm sorry i just like <coughs> i drank water at the wrong time <laughs> yes uh i just like imagine i just imagine like cloud again like you know like opening the doors to the mako factory yeah. and like and just this long silver-haired man <laughs> Like, you know, with a, with the longest sword you've ever seen in life with his back to Cloud. And he goes, oh, you finally made it, Cloud. You finally made it so you could face me, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine, like, Jeff! Sorry, please, please keep no, talking no, about that, this video game. That was actually worth it. <laughs> so, so good. Um, but yes, you. so you're kind of exploring, trying to get to this lost city of Leomond, and the story is just all the kinds of things that I love. It's kind of this, this like courtly intrigue and political maneuverings, people scheming against each other, yeah. hidden motivations that no one knows about except the audience, like all that kind of yes, shit. Yes, you, you, do, you do love that shit. Oh, it pushes all my buttons. Uh, but <laughs> um, the gameplay is so weird. <laughs> like, so you're, you can kind of, run around as you would in like a Zelda game basically um and uh you you know you encounter an enemy and you think like great I'll swing my sword at this enemy and you you know you push the attack button and 
the game freezes and this like sphere of attack range opens up mm-hmm. you choose the enemy to attack and then it's there's kind of like a um like super mario rpg timed hit system huh. where like you attack and you can kind of do combos uh, and keep the attack up and rack up more and more damage. Huh. And then you have this uh, stat called, I think, Risk. Hmm. And that builds up more and more as you do the combo and increases your damage but decreases your accuracy. So you can kind of oh. go up to a certain point and then you have to wait for your risk to go down or use an item that reduces your risk. Okay. Uh, and so you basically just kind of go back and forth with like you attacking and then the enemy you know, might get an attack in on you. You can customize your timed hits so that they have different effects. Like you can, like, you push a square, triangle, and circle to do different kinds of timed hits. Like one might just increase your damage. One might restore mana so that you can cast spells. Uh, one might like poison the enemy or something. Uh, and then you also have different defenses you can use. Like one might reflect damage back at the attacker. One might be better for magic damage. Mm-hmm. And so it's this really deep combat system that's built entirely around timed hits basically (laughs) uh and that you know kind of core gameplay experience i find really fascinating and i like kind of customizing my character and you know seeing how different things will affect different enemies Mm -hmm. um so i like that a lot i like the plot a lot one thing that i like less is there is an enormous crafting system in this game and i normally love crafting right and there are elements of the crafting system in this game that i really like but it is so obtuse and so complicated like i i looked up i tried to look up a guide for it at one point (laughs) and i found a guide that was done by this guy who pronounces vagrant story vagrant story which i found really annoying (laughs) but i stuck it out uh just to try to figure out crafting and he opened the video by saying I don't understand how crafting works in Vagrant Story, and I don't think the developers understand how it works either. <laughs> That's how he opened the video where he was explaining how it works. Um, you do over time kind of develop a knack for figuring out, like, okay, if I combine this with this, then I'll get this effect. Mm-hmm. But it does feel so kind of obscure, and then also you're, like, kind of pulling your weapons apart into components to, like, combine them into other weapons. And so I always worry about, like, messing something up and not having what I had before. Right. That I've barely engaged with it, and my playthrough is suffering. Like, I'm not (laughs) doing as much damage as I could if I crafted more, but I'm worried that if I craft, I won't have the weapons that I have now, and I'll suck even more. (laughs) And it is causing me an undue amount of stress. Uh, I, I, I do intend to play the game to completion, and that's going to involve me eventually making some decisions that will cause me some anxiety regarding crafting. <laughs> um, but I mean, outside of that, I mean, it is just this really weird and ambitious and experimental game. And I so appreciate it for that. Sure. That even if I wind up feeling like it has more faults than, you know, kind of pluses by mm. the time I'm done, I'm really glad that Vagrant Story yeah. uh, exists, and I've I've been I've been largely enjoying the experience of playing through it. Cool. Yeah. 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 Neat. I uh, I also got it for the PSP and played like five minutes of it, and I'm like, <laughs> boy, right? I'm bored, <laughs> and I never touched it again. Yeah. But I think it's much more like your speed. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, but it is like I mean, it's an old game, and it kind of feels like an old game. At yeah. This point. So if you're going to give it a try, just bear that in mind. Yeah. 
Do you have any more to say about a VS? Don't call it Vagrant Story or I will hate you. <laughs> That's the end. <laughs> Alright, then uh, Then my last pick. Um, yes. The last game I've been playing is several games, <laughs> uh, but I can kind of lump them all into one category, I yeah. think. And that is that I've been, uh, I've mentioned this on a previous episode, but I, I've been doing a, a playthrough of every mainline King of Fighters game. Right. Uh, from King of Fighters 95, <laughs> uh, from King of Fighters 94, uh-huh. uh, uh, to King of Fighters 14. Released in 1914. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, I've, uh, I've just played every game in order. Um, I would usually get like an ending or two in each game and then kind of watch uh, watch a compilation of endings on YouTube and then move on to the next game. Right. Uh, play a little bit, but not a lot of, of the Dream Match games that didn't have stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I skipped 12 because uh, that was a Dream Match with like 14 characters <laughs> in it and it just felt pointless. Sure. Uh but other than that, I've played I've played every like non spin off like canon King of Fighters game. I didn't sure. play like Maximum Impact or yeah. or the Game Boy Advance one or any of that stuff. Okay, uh, or like the Neo Geo Pocket ones. Uh, but basically, I've I've experienced I've I've experienced all the the canon King of Fighters lore, mm-hmm. and uh, and for thirteen and fourteen, I deliberately like. I played through the full story mode in both games and got and and myself got every ending right. in thirteen and fourteen. Uh you actually just got the last ending in fourteen right before we started recording. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I yep, I, I finished uh I finished fourteen story like completely this afternoon. Just like just yes. about an hour before we recorded. And uh and then <laughs> That last ending was such a non-ending. Yeah, but it's it's basically it's basically a cliffhanger for fifteen. Sure. Um, which which makes sense. Uh, and I loved it. I I loved <laughs> I loved my King of Fighters playthrough. Mm-hmm. It was great. A they're really cool fighting games. Yes. Um, like a lot of great move sets. Um, I love how like it's it's one of those games where there's kind of especially in the earlier ones there's kind of more of a focus on fundamentals than combos mm-hmm. um there's there's definitely some combo shit going on in 13 and 14 uh and also they're they're just really fucking technical games in a way that I might never be able to like yeah. grasp competitively I might try with 15 I might see how far I can get with 15 okay uh because by yeah, I've I've been playing through all these games so I can understand the lore of fifteen when it comes out. <laughs> I've always been really intrigued by King of Fighters lore. Sure. Um but outside some of the worst inputs I've ever experienced <laughs> in fighting games. Just just like just Every like, time you pull up the special moves in my mind I go, Holy shit. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of characters with like backward shore you can motion. Right. And <laughs> Um, Sean and I were just talking earlier today, like, I, I played a character with, with kind of Rekkas, Rekkas mm-hmm. in fighting games being when, like, uh, you do a motion and a button, 
to do the first part of an attack, and then you do the motion and a button to do right. the second part, and then you do the motion and the button to do the third part. Fei Long being, you know, the kind of progenitor of that. He's like, ah, do, what the? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's Araka. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, when he does that, you're doing, like, quarter circle forward punch, then quarter circle forward punch while the animation's going, and then quarter circle forward punch again to kind of finish right. the attack out. Uh... <laughs> I was playing a character Najd in 14 who had a Rekka that was quarter circle forward punch. And then while that animation's going, it's half circle back oh. punch and then just forward punch like real quick. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, it's a little hard to pull off because. Uh, yeah, because it's a weird input. Right. <laughs> um, and one of King of Fighters favorite inputs, especially for stuff like supers is you start by holding you you start with down right mm-hmm. and then you uh, you do like quarter circle back right right and then as you're finishing the quarter circle back part of the input you you do half circle forward you slide your finger from the back mm-hmm. down and forward and then you hit the button and there's also the reverse of that too like uh. quarter circle forward and then half circle back and you have to do that all in one motion and then hit like two buttons i mean that would just end with me jumping by accident constantly and then throwing my controller across the room <laughs> i was doing that a lot like at the beginning of my mm-hmm. of my king of fighters adventure i'm kind of decent at that input now. okay um i've i've had to like i've had to learn how to do dumb like there was a lot of me accidentally pausing actually oh sure uh when when i was like at the beginning of my journey and yeah. i uh i think i've gotten better at that by the time i got to 14 okay outside of input pretty much sucking through the whole series um like the mechanically it's always they're always very cool move sets are awesome mm-hmm. character designs are awesome mm-hmm and uh and yeah like uh the the stories are just very cool fighting game stories you know <laughs> like the the first arc is kind of a very like a very simple like oh yeah there there's there's kind of a demonic energy called orochi that can interact with several characters right. and there's a group of people trying to awaken orochi um but also orochi's possessing certain characters right and uh and then like a few specific characters kind of defeat orochi and then the second arc uh, is probably my favorite arc, and that's the Ness arc, mm-hmm. where uh, where an organization starts like experimenting on humans, um, and like cloning certain characters, mm-hmm. and like these experiments and these clones end up becoming playable characters, and uh, the it's it's such a cool like fighting game story. It's like yeah, cl- clones, mutants, right. like you know, cyborgs, <laughs> experiments, and now they're fighting game characters, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but also like some some of those characters are very cool, and uh, and also I I think those are some of the best fighting games. Um, like uh, like there's like a striker system where you can kind of call an assist, and uh, right. So that that was some of the most satisfying King of Fighters to me. Okay. Uh. Then the next arc was like Tales of Ash, where Ash Crimson, this little this little rat boy, uh, kind of causes all like starts stealing people's people's powers, right, and, and causing all this havoc. Um, several games in the series change uh, the gameplay from like uh, you have a team of three, they have a team of three, and you go off on individual matches, mm-hmm. like individual one on one matches. It became more of like a you know, you can swap out characters on the fly, like right. Marvel. It became that, and I don't think that works very well for King of Fighters. Yeah. 
Uh, so they changed their mind and stopped doing that with King of Fighters <laughs> 13, which is a very good fighting game. Mm-hmm. Um, and 14 starts a new arc uh, where basically this thing called Verse is just like is just messing with the timeline and like and characters that have been dead in the canon for a really long time are suddenly reappearing alive again. Right. Uh which basically allows them to do a dream match. Uh which is sometimes they do dream match games where the cast uh where like it's non canon, so characters that are dead in the canon can show up and be playable again. Right. Um, this is like a canon dream match game. Like, 15 <laughs> is gonna basically be a canon dream match game. Sure. And, uh, I played through 13 different King of Fighters games to understand why characters, <laughs> uh, are coming back from the dead and stuff. Which and, is very Daniel Core, for those of you who may yes, not know. Very me, 100% worthwhile investment. Nice. <laughs> um, like, basically... They they kind of they tease enough and they have enough like uh going on setting up fifteen that I can kind of to an extent predict what maybe the roster is gonna be. And I love doing that. Sure. If you can't tell from this podcast that I've made. Who would have thought? <laughs> like part of me wants to just do like a King of Fighters fifteen a like fighting theory. <laughs> not not like a whole like podcast, but like but I kind of want to do like a 15 like episode where I like predict the rest of the I cast. See. So but... you'd like to do an episode where you predict the rest of the cast and I sit here. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very comfortable chair you have there. That's true. Yeah. Uh but uh you know, pro- probably not. Maybe maybe if things get real slow <laughs> okay. again. Uh cuz they've been revealing characters on a weekly basis almost. Uh... And uh, and some of those reveals are real good. Shermie's back, baby. Nice. Yeah. I vaguely know who Shermie is. Yeah, sure. Shermie is a uh, is a fan favorite for sure. Sure. And she's been dead for like twenty years <laughs> worth of King of Fighters. Right. Uh, she's been dead since King of Fighters ninety seven. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, so like it's it's exciting. It's exciting that she's playable again. Sure. Yeah, King of Fighters is real cool. One thing that's kind of a bummer is that, like, the the later you get, the more you get kind of get to see, like, character personalities and character dialogue and stuff. Mm. Some characters that I had a lot of fun, like, playing as are just, like, awful perverts <laughs> sure, once they yeah. have personalities. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of anime bullshit in, in King of Fighters uh, that... That I was hoping would kind of go away in the later games, and, yeah. And no, no, they they kind of too bad. They kind of just embrace all that, and it's, uh, I don't know. Like tw- tw- maybe twenty sixteen was was when they kind of realized that that people don't love that as much anymore. Sure, maybe fifteen will be a better experience for me, <laughs> but I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. Well, I'll be. I'll hope for you. Oh, thanks, man. No prob. Uh, yeah, but. Um, I think my, I think my three favorites, um, that I played were King of Fighters 99, uh, or no, sorry, King of Fighters 2000. Okay. Uh, uh, King of Fighters 2000 is part of the NES saga. Uh, it has like kind of the best version of the striker system Mm -hmm. where, uh, you kind of 
come up with a roster of four characters, and then between each match, you're going to decide your character order and which of your characters is going to be a striker. Right. Right? Uh, they, they do weirder... They do weirder versions of that in the games preceding and mm-hmm. and uh, and succeeding that. Sure, right? sure. And uh, and yeah, cool, cool roster. It's Kula Diamond's first game, I think. Okay. Um, and uh, and yeah, dope, just dope characters. Really satisfying gameplay. Uh, the favorites are in no particular order here. Sure, sure. sure. Uh, two thousand two unlimited match is another favorite. That's, okay. That's uh that's a dream match game, just huge ass roster, uh, and just real real polished fucking King of Fighters gameplay. Sure. Uh, just very well put together, uh, fun fun as shit. That's like kind of the I think that's to me like kind of the quintessential King of Fighters game. Okay. Uh, and then King of Fighters thirteen would be remaining on on the top three because nice. yeah, uh, sprites are gorgeous. Oh yeah. Uh, super moves are really cool, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, the the roster, the roster is very good and satisfying. A lot of the best King of Fighters characters are in this game. Nice. Um, and uh, soundtrack slaps way more than it needs to. <laughs> um, yeah, just very very well developed. Uh, and then I'd give an honorable mention to King of Fighters fourteen, sure, which looks like ass. Yeah. Uh, like it, you know, like, especially going from all these gorgeous sprites. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and them kind of learning how to do 3D <laughs> visuals for the first time. Yeah. Uh, it, it does, it does look rough, mm-hmm. but, like, uh, they managed to keep the character personalities shining through in okay. radical ways. Uh, and they intru- they put some new characters in this game. There's a lot of character debuts. Yeah. There's some of my favorite King of Fighters characters. Nice. Uh, Geese Howard comes back in 14. Sure. And he brings his butler. <laughs> <laughs> and his butler, uh, just like has, he's just got so much style, yeah, right? He's he just, great. He just like, he just fights like so fancy, right? He'll, <laughs> he'll do like a cool, like super combo on you where he beats the crap out of you with his fist and then he'll just adjust his gloves very <laughs> casually, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and then like, he'll put his hand on the floor and the screw and the floor will flash red. And then he'll just like engulf you in like demonic <laughs> sludge that will like pull you in like quicksand. Right. And then he'll say something cool in Japanese and, <laughs> and the super flash will happen cause you're dead. Sure. Uh, like, right. Uh, like there's there's Team South America, which has like a fucking a f- <laughs> a fucking weeaboo like ninja uh, from Brazil, <laughs> like who he's great. By yeah, the way. yeah, right. He who just like kind of poorly says things in Japanese <laughs> a lot, uh, and and he's he's just like really upbeat and a fun character. Um, yeah, like uh, for. 14 is a fun game. I think it has uh, also some of the better gameplay mechanics in the series. Okay. And uh and it just has me pumped for 15. Cool. Um yeah. So that's that's my King of Fighters playthrough. Okay. I I've, I've really enjoyed um watching you have this experience. Good. I don't think I would have the patience to do it myself. <laughs> uh, so it's been very cool to see you, you know, it seemed like every every couple of days you were you were on a new game. Yeah. And I got to see like the how the game had evolved, yeah. you know, from the previous and all the new characters and yeah, that was, that was fun. It was a fun experience. Yeah, that, that was I'm really glad I did that. It was kind of cool to see the evolution of King of Fighters. Mm-hmm. Um and like yeah, it's 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 tried a lot. It's taken a lot of risks, you know. And it's tried a lot of new things over the years. There's some stuff that like 
there's some stuff they removed from older games that I really miss. Sure. But then they also like try new things. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm I'm glad the King of Fighters has that now. You know, that okay. that kind of thing. Um Yeah, I'm I, I'm so ready for King of Fighters fifteen, especially if it has rollback. Yeah. Which which they've been working on. Um yeah, I I think fifteen has the potential to be my new favorite, uh, both in terms of like like it looks so much better than fourteen yeah. did. Uh, the roster has so much potential to be really cool. Uh, it's just like what what are the mechanics going to be? We don't really know right. yet. And, sure. Uh, and I guess I could kind of make or break it. Okay. But yeah, yeah that that was my King of Fighters adventure. Cool. Uh, a A plus would would recommend if you're <laughs> if you're into fighting games and don't mind some of the worst inputs you've ever experienced in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. What's your last game? Resident Evil Revelations 2. Yeah. I kind of passed this one over uh, when it first came out. Like, I got it, and I played a little bit of it, but I didn't really get that into it. And then just out of the blue... um, uh, Well, first of all, Steam released this feature that allows you to play co-op games that don't have online with people online. And that's really what made this possible. Right. Uh, And so... That feature having come out, uh, my friend Leo, with whom I've also been playing a lot of Monster Hunter uh, lately, uh, said to me, hey, you know, this new feature's out. Would you like to play Resident Evil Revelations 2? It's one of my favorite Resident Evil games. And, you know, we're both big Resident Evil fans, so I took that as quite high praise and said, sure, you know, let's let's do it. Yeah. And so I've blocked out time. Basically, every Thursday, he and I have been playing that game together in the evening after I get off work. Cool. And... It is actually a really cool Resident Evil game. I wouldn't call it one of my favorites. Okay. But it does some really interesting stuff. Uh, The basic conceit of it is that you play as uh, two kind of different pairs of characters. The first are uh, Claire Redfield from Resident Evil 2 and Moira Burton, the daughter of Barry Burton from Resident Evil 1, who in that game was like a small child and is now kind of a rebellious teenager. Cool. Are kidnapped by this organization and kind of forced to play this like zero escape style game where they're outfitted with bracelets that measure their pulse. And if they become too frightened, then they're injected with a virus and become monsters. Um, And so they're trying to escape and to find out who's done this to them. And, you know, one person plays as Claire and one person plays as Moira. And Claire is just kind of very, like, you know, just a modern Resident Evil character where you have and use, you know, guns and uh, you're kind of the offensive character out of the pair. Sure. Moira um, has some kind of past trauma that makes her terrified of guns, so she doesn't use them. Oh. Instead, she can use, like, support items like grenades and things like that. And then she also has, as her sort of primary tool, a flashlight. And if you're playing as Moira, and I am in this playthrough... If you aim your flashlight uh, kind of at a uh, an enemy's face for long enough, they'll become blinded and they get stunned. And then you can follow it up. You know, either Clary, you can follow it up with like a melee attack, basically. Huh. And so Leo has been kind of running and gunning. And then I, as Moira, have been supporting him, you know, in that way. Um, and then you can also use the flashlight. Like if you shine the flashlight in certain areas, you'll discover hidden items. Ah. Yeah, there's just like a lot of they do a surprising amount of cool things with a flashlight. <laughs> um, 
and so you know we're we're both kind of in this situation where we're kind of on this island way out in the ocean trying to figure out how we're going to escape mm-hmm. and then uh whenever you finish a claire and moira chapter uh then you play as barry who's looking for his daughter uh he arrives at the island and finds this little girl named natalia uh, and they pair up and are kind of looking for Claire and Moira <laughs> together. Huh. Uh, Barry, again, is the shooty guy uh, who Leo's been playing as because he has much better aim and reaction times than me. Okay. Uh, I've been playing as Natalia, and her thing is uh, she can, when she kind of crouches and goes into sneaking mode, she can sense monsters around her, like through walls, and see monsters that are invisible. And if you point at kind of a certain part of the monster, it will be highlighted as Barry for a weak spot that he can shoot at for extra damage. Uh, She can also point at an invisible monster and it will become kind of semi-visible so that Barry's actually able to shoot it. Um, Her thing is a little bit less engaging than Moira. She really doesn't have much offensive capability. Like, she cannot, for instance, use grenades and things like that because she's like 10. Right. She, She can pick up and throw bricks... (laughs) <laughs> which do, as far as I can tell, little to no damage, but do kind of stun, you know, monsters. Okay. And every time you finish a chapter, you get to a point where you can, like, upgrade, you know, certain skills. Like, oh, this makes your dodge better. This makes the flashlight battery last longer. Uh, and then for Natalia, it's like, you, your your brick does more. You can pick up a brick and it hurts more. It's like the <laughs> stupidest thing. <laughs> you can actually upgrade Natalia's bricks. Um, but, uh you essentially discover very early in the story that Barry is looking for Moira and Claire six months after they've gone missing. And so he's kind of following this trail and trying to find them. We haven't gotten to the end of the game yet, uh, but I'm really enjoying what I've played of it so far. We're having a really good time. This is the first time we've played a multiplayer game, uh, Resident Evil game together since like Resident Evil 6. Wow. Which obviously wasn't much to write home about. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it is, it's kind of fun to be back in that experience. Uh, that's something I'm really enjoying. And, uh, I think that, uh, there are a lot of elements to the game that are just really well designed. Like the most recent thing we did is we fought a boss, uh, that kind of happens quite, you know, later on in the game. Mm -hmm. And it's in this kind of multi-tiered laboratory area where you can like go, uh kind of upstairs to this catwalk and sometimes he'll like jump up and then like pull you up to the catwalk and cut off your escape and you're like trying to get away we finished it and i said to leo surprising myself like i think that that's one of my favorite boss fights in resident evil which is remarkable because (laughs) i played so many resident evil games and enjoyed them yeah they're just really well designed and really intense um yeah i mean it's just a it's a great uh, game. It is probably, I'm sure it's frequently on sale. Um, probably. Yeah. Like if you like Resident Evil, um, I think it's absolutely worth picking up uh, to experience it for yourself. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I I don't really Resident Evil all True. that much. Uh but that does seem to be a neat one. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I appreciate it. It's, it's kind of a very weird entry in the series, but I'm really enjoying it. Nice. Well, good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we've been playing. That is what we've been playing. So, what have you been playing? Let's find out. A listener mail. Zip. 
Yep. Okay, I pulled out the uh, letter. Why? Is it, is it <laughs> why? Why? I was... don't know why it made any of those noises. <laughs> why? Why were you like eating spaghetti like that was on top of the mailbag? I was hungry. <laughs> Actual Superboy on Twitter. All right. Says I've been playing a fuck ton of Rise, <laughs> Yakuza like a dragon, nice, and Neopets the darkest fairy. LMAO. <laughs> yeah. Um. I've really wanted to check out Yakuza lately. That yes. desire has just grown in me over time. Yeah. Like, I, uh... like bread that's baking or something. <laughs> like, it just keeps getting bigger. It's it's a cool franchise. I've played Kiwami 1, and mm-hmm. I've really wanted to just play more games. I want to try Zero. I want to try sure, the, sure. the 3 through 5 remasters. And I definitely want to try Like a Dragon. Yeah, it looks great. Which, yeah, which like turns it into a turn-based RPG, basically. <laughs> like Yeah. God, that's so cool. Uh huh. No, I mean that—that that is a bold step. Yeah, b- bold as fuck. And yeah. uh, there's also the Judgment spinoff franchise, which yeah. might, which might be announcing a new game by the time this episode comes up. Oh, or or at least like no, in May I think. In May okay. there's uh they're having a little event called Judgment Day. Ha <laughs> uh, And it feels like we're we're getting a Judgment sequel. Cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Yakuza is cool. I yeah. definitely want to try Like a Dragon at some point. I feel like if I wait like up to a year, Like a Dragon will be on Game Pass at some point, and then I can just play it for <laughs> sure. free. Uh, now, with respect to Neopets, I was a Neopet user, uh, you know, at one point in my youth. But what's really interesting is that we all just made accounts and then ignored our pets, went to the forums and role-played. And the role-plays <laughs> had nothing to do with Neopets. I don't know how that happened. It was like this weird little corner of the internet that developed where they were doing like X-Men role-play and stuff like that. Like, I, why? I feel like there are a lot of people that did that. Uh, one thing that's interesting about what actual Superboy is playing is that they're playing Neopets of the Darkest Fairy, yes. which is a spin-off game for the PS2. I remember that coming out and thinking yeah. that was weird then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like a... Um, it's like, like, a, like an action-adventure game, basically. Right. And... Uh, yeah, I never played it myself, but I I bet that's a fun visit down memory lane. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, you know, to the uh, Neopets roleplay uh, community, uh, the Elemental Controllers. I hope you guys are doing okay. I was probably thirteen when I last interacted with any of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll get right back in touch. With yeah, you I'm when, sure they when, all when listen they to this podcast. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, thanks thanks actual superboy yes thank you actual superboy Rorowin 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 okay on okay, twitter Rorowin like uh, zoinks <laughs> like scoob like Rorowin says <laughs> like I've been playing way <laughs> no uh, I'm not doing that I've been playing way too much Pokemon Go and Terraria of lately. Ah. Very addicting games. Oh man, I got so into Terraria when it first came out. I, I, I remember Terraria, yeah. I did like everything you could do then, which was not much, and then stopped. And right. obviously since then they've built onto it. But yeah, yeah. that's a fun little game. Yeah. Uh, and I've been I've actually been thinking lately that, you know, 
now that I'm almost vaccinated completely, it would be fun to get into a game like Pokemon Go. Right. Okay, I see. Um, I was like, now, now that I'm almost vaccinated, I can go play Terraria in real life. <laughs> so soon I'll be digging to the Earth's core. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I just, you know, I've, I've been looking at like Pokemon Go and Ingress. Right, and, yes. Uh, and then as I was looking at those, my phone was like, you might also like uh, Harry Potter and the fucking whatever that was. <laughs> uh, and just immediately my heart filled with hate for J.K. Rowling. And I, <laughs> I swiped it out of the way as fast as I could. I, I wish I could enjoy that game on its own merits, but I can't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been I, I've actually I, a man who has barely played Pokemon Go and doesn't understand it, have been thinking about downloading that game just to, because I'll be able to walk around Chicago again. That That is interesting. I remember when everyone except you was playing <laughs> Pokemon Go and yeah. you hated. Yes, you hated Pokemon Go and its existence. Yeah, I well, I I just. I felt like none of the promises of that original CG trailer were made real uh, with that game's existence. But now I'm at a point where I can look, I can look past that yeah. and just see it as a cool little social thing that gets you out of the house. Yeah, and it, you know, they they have made a lot. They've added a lot of features to the game yeah. since then. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's closer to what their mission statement was. <laughs> nice. Uh, back when people were actually playing it. Obviously, people are still playing right, it. Right, yeah. Um, Ruin is playing it. Yeah, thanks, Ruin. Thanks. Uh, we'll, we'll be tizzing. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll be tizzing. Yeah, it's... Well, so we'll just go with we'll be tizzing. <laughs> we'll be tizzing! That sounds like a thing that Jerry Seinfeld would say <laughs> for some reason. Jerry, uh, Jerry, you gotta get the will be to zing. Well, what's that, Newman? No, Craig, uh, Kramer? That's who you are? <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, are you okay? No! You're here talking about will be to zing. What's the deal? Jerry, I want a big b- to zing. <laughs> I want one, Jerry! Uh... Anyway, uh, Will on Twitter says, Persona Strikers and a little bit of Pac-Man 99. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I I, uh, I really want to play Persona Strikers at some point. It seems as though the, re- the reaction to it has been very positive. Yeah, I I saw someone online say that, like, it's, uh, it deserves to be called Persona 5 too. Like, it's, uh, like it's a successor. Nice. Uh, it's, it's just a true successor to Persona 5, even though the gameplay is completely different. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I am intrigued by it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I kind of, I, I kind of felt burned by the Persona 5 games. Yeah. Uh, you know, after Royal came out. Yeah, that's and, fair. And made some things that I disliked about Persona 5 even worse. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I I still I still find myself kind of interested in Strikers. I I don't know if I'll I'll try it, but but I don't know if I won't. Okay. Yeah. Like we'll we'll see we'll see how the year plays out. Um, and it's cool that someone's playing Pac Man ninety nine. Yeah, I haven't experienced that game at all. Yeah. But go good for you, Will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm I'm interested to check that out too. Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah. I'm sure I'll get to it at some point. Yeah. Waka waka. Hey. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, 
so it's like the laziest Fozzie Bear thing that you've ever done. <laughs> hey, Gourmet, you have. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's like Fozzie when he's from Boston. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey Kermit. Hey Kermit. Hey Kermit. You ever see a yellow circle? Okay. Uh, waka waka. <laughs> some days I have it. Some days I don't. Uh, <clears throat> thanks, Woo. Will. Thanks, Will. John Ojo 01 says, Guilty Gear plus R. Can't wait for Strive. I've tried to start a few RPGs, Link's Awakening and Persona 5, but I just don't enjoy those games anymore. I don't have the intention span for them, it seems. (laughs) Also, I've gotten mad into Warhammer. Warhammer fighting game? When? (laughs) That'd be very cool. Uh, Yeah, thanks, John Ojo. Uh, One thing that's cool is that... uh, I like that someone else is kind of playing some old fighting games to prep for like the yes. new fighting game, but it's a different franchise. <laughs> it's, it's Guilty Gear, right? Uh, I, I think uh, Guilty Gear Plus R Accent Core, whatever. Yeah. Recently, recently got rollback added yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's cool that mm-hmm. that seems to be a fun and satisfying experience. Uh, I'm also very excited for Strive. Me too. It looks great. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm I'm really intrigued to see what the um, what the DLC for that's going to end up being. Yeah. Same. Um. What's what's your? We did this last time, actually. Yeah, I said Bridget. Yeah, I said you said Bridget, and I said uh, I said Effelt. Right. Yeah. Effelt or some version of Ragna's wife. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh. What were the other games you mentioned? Um, I know Link's Awakening, Link's Persona, Awakening 5. Persona 5, and Warhammer. Right. My brother is an enormous Warhammer fan, in spite of the fact that he doesn't really get the figurines, but he like loves the lore. And he like, spends all and this all the time Warhammer, on the like, wiki. Yeah. yeah. And he really likes the video games. The extent to which that has had any influence on me is I played this game. I can't remember what it was called, but it was a Warhammer 40k third-person shooter. Uh-huh. Um and uh, it was cool as fuck. You could, like, customize. So there was a single-player campaign where you're, like, playing as a Warhammer guy, going around right. shooting people. And then there was a multiplayer component where you could actually customize your, uh, you know, Space Marine. Warhammer 40k Space Marine. Of course that's what it was called. <laughs> uh, you could customize your Warhammer guy in the same way that you would, like, a figurine. Like, you could pick the color, the emblems. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, that's kind neat. of all these different design choices. And... I had so much fun just doing that. It was great. It was this really fun. And you could kind of like do it like, oh, this is like a a team in the lore. Like my brother did all the different designs of the different kind of factions of space brains. And I was like, I made it in purple. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I, uh, there are definitely elements of the Warhammer universe that I find really fascinating. And also Starcraft just ripped Warhammer off. They did. Wholesale. Warcraft and Starcraft. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, Warcraft ripped <laughs> off regular Warhammer. Starcraft right. ripped off 40k. And I was a big Starcraft fan when I was a kid, having no idea at the time that yeah. that was true. So, you know, there's an extent to which I owe a decent chunk of my childhood to Warhammer. The, cl- the closest I got to a Warhammer experience, because I, I like, well, I guess I played Warcraft 3, right? Sure. I, I kind of enjoyed that. Played that on, on a Mac laptop that I had uh-huh. back when I had that. Uh, 
But otherwise, the closest I had I've had to like a Warhammer experience is that a friend uh, got a Warhammer 40k like tabletop system. Oh right, right. That's, that was kind of set in the Warhammer 40k setting. Like we were we were all Inquisitors or something. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And like I I made a character for it, and just because of like you know to make it true to the setting, it was just like the edgiest like yeah. fucking character i've ever made for a tabletop game like it's like oh mm. yeah he he has like a flamethrower but the <laughs> but the flamethrower is powered by a canister filled with his own blood right right, right like, yeah. <laughs> like and yeah like and if he fires a flamethrower like <laughs> he also might go insane because he he drinks in the the embers right. of the of the past it, it warhammer is very into itself yeah, you know? it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, it's also the kind of thing that feels like it would be very cool in context. Sure. No, I I actually also, uh, uh, I dated a girl who was really into Warhammer and had figurines and stuff. And at one point, she, we like went to kind of a, a gaming lounge kind of thing. Like a tabletop slash gaming place in Sarasota, yeah. Florida. Um, and they were all playing Warhammer together. And at one point, she like took out a tape measurer to measure the distance of whether her attack would be effective. And at that point I was like, I'm out. That's too much. I, you know, on top of doing the figurines and everything, a tape measure, fuck off. I'm not doing Warhammer. <laughs> so I'm glad that later I was able to rediscover it in a more accessible way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. War, war gaming the, like that, like yeah. that, that like subset of, of all that is, is something I, I like, Actually, uh, our our mutual like our you know our former play this co host Max, yes, he was into that actually like okay. as, uh like when we were in high school and he tried to get me into it and he failed. <laughs> I'm sorry, Max, but maybe that was for the best. Sure. Uh, the the thing that actually turned me off was just the fact that like you couldn't just get miniatures that were already like painted. Yeah, like, you had you, to do. Yeah, uh -huh. you had to paint the miniatures yourself. And I was like, I don't. I, I feel <laughs> sure. like I'm. Like I'm gonna buy these really expensive miniatures, and then I'm gonna fuck up uh -huh. painting them. My miniatures are gonna look like garbage. Right. I'm gonna go to the fucking to the fucking hobby shop, and like it's like, oh cool, did your five year old brother like paint those minis? And I'll be like, ah yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, no, I I mean you know more power to anybody who enjoys that kind of thing, but like that and like assembling Gundams and shit, that's it's just not mm. something that I find very interesting myself. I assembled a Gundam once. It was oh. kind of like a it was kind of like a, a chibi Gundam, so uh, it had less parts and it was okay. easier to put together. Sure. But uh, that was satisfying actually. Cool. It's not something I would do on the reg. Right. But that's uh, expensive. Yeah, oh yeah. I also the the Gundam I assembled, I bought it in Epcot. Oh, wow. So imagine how much more expensive Ooh, that would be geez. than a regular Gundam. Yeah. Yeah. When people go to Epcot and they're like, yeah, we did the, the drinks around the world. Like, just go to a bar. <laughs> <laughs> I, you don't need to do that to your wallet. I, I like to, I, I like the drinks around the world thing. Right. I, I don't know if I've ever been older than 21 and at Epcot. Yeah, I don't think I was. Um, <laughs> but so conceptually, I, you like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah that's, that's fun. You know, like... <laughs> Like, Lee and I have several, like, snack subscription boxes, and one of the subscription boxes is, like, every month, 
it's snacks from a different country. Right. I love that. And Epcot's kind of cool. like that in one day. Right. <laughs> sure. And, and, you're, and you're snacking on booze. I've actually never been to Epcot because my family's feeling about it was basically like, that's the stupid Disney park. <laughs> like, go to Magic Kingdom. Go to, you know, MGM Studios. Don't go to Epcot. I loved Epcot. Epcot was my favorite. I think I would actually really like it. Yeah. Um. Although, when I went to Epcot, they had this thing called Imagination Station? Right. Question mark, which was basically just a building filled with video games great and some of the things they had were kind of like you know like basically like new groundbreaking technology sure. right and also like some cool like new experimental video games okay um uh there there and also just this big like kind of asymmetrical multiplayer hide and seek game uh, where you could uh where you could play hide and seek as either mickey donald <laughs> Minnie, or goofy that's cool. and uh and each each player had their own like their own arcade booth, huh. right? Uh-huh. That they that they sat at and played the hide and seek at, and then behind the players was a big screen that an <laughs> audience could watch the hide and seek playing out on. That is great. So cool. Yeah, that's cool. I loved Epcot. Uh-huh. Uh yeah. Epcot's cool, but I don't think that's there anymore. So I think Epcot's right. a little less cool now. Okay. But drinking around the world sounds fun. Yeah, sure. If you you know, if you have a small fortune, if you have a trust fund, you can dip into. <laughs> I don't think it's that expensive. I mean, God, if you can sell a small country. Thank <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elon Musk is like drinks around the world. That's a little out of my price range. Also, I'm a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to host Saturday Night Live, though. Oh, God, uh, I <laughs> I saw. I saw a great like Twitter post. It was like <laughs> that was like, wow, Saturday Night Live in May is gonna be so cool, and it just has a fake schedule that's like May fifteenth, Jeff Bezos and the Jeff Bezos Jamboree <laughs> or something. All right, that, that's pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, we've gone way off track, Janojo, but thank you. Yeah, thank you. We we got some mileage out of your stuff. Uh, I had trouble with Link's Awakening 2, and yes. I loved the Game Boy Original. <laughs> That's Some, true. Something about the remake. Maybe, maybe I just love the Game Boy Original so much sure. that, I, that I can't really tackle the Switch remake objectively. Who knows? That's fair. Um, I mean, I, for instance, haven't watched the new Mortal Kombat yet movie, the new movie, and yeah. uh, I think I'll probably like it, but what if it just gets to a point where Johnny Cage hasn't said... Those were five hundred dollars sunglasses, asshole, to Goro, and I'm the sad because I think that's there's, not there. I think there's a chance that Johnny Cage just isn't in that movie. What the fuck? I, I think I saw someone tweet. It's like, where the fuck was Johnny Cage? <laughs> Why? And now, and now you're experiencing that in real yes! time. Yes, <laughs> you, you didn't put what? <laughs> I could be wrong. Okay, I, I'm gonna find out when we watch it on my birthday. And if he's not in there, then I'm going to die. <laughs> 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 I'm sure I can still enjoy it, but holy shit. <laughs> anyway, what I was trying to say, you know, Joe, is maybe the fact that, that you couldn't get through Link's Awakening isn't that you don't enjoy those kinds sure, of games sure. anymore, and just that, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know about Link's Awakening for the Switch. Okay. So there's people that love it, though, so I think I'm just weird. Well, Who knows? Yeah. Maybe, you'll, maybe, maybe one day you'll try it again. I, I think I might. I, cool. I, want, I want Lee to experience more of that game. Sure. Because uh, they were watching me play it. Uh, right when i started and then we haven't really gone back to it uh finally uh fruitcake gang <laughs> fruitcake <laughs> gang is back name. yeah fruitcake gang is back on twitter 
And Fruitcake King says, I've been playing Smash. Oh. But I've been trying all characters. Oh. I realize that Ganon is the most fun to play with. Hmm. Uh, little little hands clasped together emoji. <laughs> no, I, I like Ganon. I, I, uh, there were, there's a period of time where Ganon was kind of my main. Yeah. And so I agree. Yeah. And Ganon's very fun. And, and I think that's a cool thing to do, just like kind of play through Smash with all the characters. That's actually like... Uh, Every now and then, I've actually had like kind of an itch to like just sure. play some more Ultimate. You know, mm-hmm. Ultimate's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, and uh, like actually, um, after after we did our anniversary episode, and we kind of talked about all of our mains from past games, mm-hmm. I just opened Ultimate back up and <laughs> and uh, played through Classic Mode with Jigglypuff. Right, nice. And that was that was great. Good. That was great. I could not get Jigglypuff's sleep off uh, uh, during that, you know, during that playthrough. But uh, too rusty. Yeah, right. You gotta shake that rust off. I was having a blast just rolling around, though. <laughs> uh, felt like old times. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it'd be cool to just kind of at some point when we're bored, just like open that up again and just do like Smash Down mode or something. Yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? Uh, that'd be fun. I I miss having having fun with Smash <laughs> instead of just <laughs> compiling a bunch of information about Smash for a podcast. Uh, Smash is fun, you know. Yes. U- Ultimate is a lot of fun. No, it really is. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm glad you're doing that, Fruitcake Gang. That sounds like a good time. Yes, I am also glad. Thanks everyone for sending in their listener mail. Yeah. Uh, if you want to know where else you can find us, we have a Patreon uh, that's been kind of inactive because uh, our, our just stuff's been very hectic for us lately, um, and and it's been it's been tough to make new content for the Patreon specifically. Yeah, but at the very least, there is a Patreon exclusive podcast that gets a new episode every month called yes. Beep Boop Soup, and you can also probably expect that this month. Um, as uh as things get a little calmer for us here, uh, you can expect uh cool bonus content that we do want to keep putting out, like uh like an Undertale retrospective, yes, and me and Lee uh playing uh the old video game Rampage, <laughs> followed by watching the the Rampage movie. Um, I'm really interested to see how badly Rampage has aged. Yeah, because I know it's bad, but how bad is it? Oh yeah, I'm I'm excited. But yeah, <laughs> if, if if something like that sounds fun to you, definitely uh uh definitely support us on Patreon. Um, one dollar for that exclusive podcast, five dollars for like uh bonus stuff, and uh uh you can join our Patreon exclusive Discord at five dollars. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the the more people. Back us, the more motivated I am to make new stuff for the Patreon, so so please check us out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you can check us out on patreon.com slash group. Yeah. Next time on A Smashing Theory. Ooh. E3 predictions. Oh, shit. Part one. Oh, man. The third E. It's back, baby. All right. It's back. All we'll, right. We'll be predicting stuff for every company that's confirmed to be there besides Nintendo. Right. And then part two will be just Nintendo. Of course, as is tradition. Yeah. So we'll we'll be taking... So in three weeks, uh, part one's going to air. And then two weeks after that, part two. And then two weeks after that, E3 reactions. All right. Uh, so for, for now, if you have predictions of your own for... Uh, what we'll see from companies like Microsoft, Square Enix, mm-hmm. 
Warner Brothers, uh, Capcom, right? Uh, Cock Media. What? Coke? K O C H? Coke. Coke. Yeah. Uh, Coke Media, <laughs> Konami, Ubisoft, Take Two Interactive. Uh, though those are all the confirmed ones besides Nintendo. I said Microsoft, right? Yeah. Um, so if you have predictions for any of those, tweet them at us or send an email to a smashing theory at gmail.com. Yes. And we will, we will check your predictions out in addition to our own predictions. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like, this is going to be a digital event. Of course. Uh, so it might be a bit weirder, mm-hmm. but like some of the companies present do make me kind of pumped. I think, yeah. I, I think this could feel big again because like obviously if- they took a year off. Right. And it's always exciting when when you have kind of that many you know companies in in the room the, the the digital room in this case yes kind of getting ready to talk about what they're planning like it's just always exciting yeah yeah and like the fact that Nintendo's back at E three in particular yeah. it's like ooh, ooh <laughs> we haven't had an E three direct in a hot minute uh-huh. and and that's gonna be that's gonna be juicy yeah like, I can feel it <laughs> I can feel the juice so we'll. The all Nintendo juice. So we'll we'll start Super Mario juice. <laughs> so, so we'll start we'll start squeezing that juice out. Oh, wow, 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 my juice in a few weeks. Can't wait to see y'all there. Yep. And in the meantime, I hope that you have a smashing time. I kind of became Bowser at the end of that. Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. Yes. Callback. Right. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Special thanks! Special thanks! Special thanks to Lonald! Lonald, it was so great to see you for Daniel's birthday uh, virtual hangout. Yeah, yeah, I did a Zoom call. Yes. I uh, had, had a Jackbox night with some close friends. Yeah. Lonald was there. It was so nice to see Lonald. It was. Uh, Gotta do that again sooner rather than later. Yes. Vaccination coming up. Oh, man. Uh, thanks, Lonald. Thanks. Special thanks to Nymph. Hey, Nymph, thanks for writing in for this uh, this uh, pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actual Superboy. Yes, that's Superboy's secret identity. Nymph. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Special thanks to my fiance Lee. Ah, Lee. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What a great. What a great thanks. Thanks for ordering the groceries that we got today. <laughs> Love that. Yes. Yeah, it was it was good. Yeah. I, I love eating. Later, I made a sandwich with some of the bread that was purchased, and uh, for that, I am eternally grateful. Thank, th- thanks, babe. <laughs> thanks, I, Lee. I like playing Haven with you. I hope to do that more soon. I hope to catch you playing it for five seconds. Again, as I have twice before. Very specific. Yeah, well, and true. Special th- thanks, babe. Special <laughs> thanks to Mr. Cool Red Luigi. Wahoo! Ooh, a nice and gentle wahoo. Oh, oh even, even gentler. Oh, you're getting a little Mario blanket. <laughs> a little blanket with an M on it. Weirdly, I never had a Mario blanket when I was a kid. 
I feel like most of us haven't. I mean, well, I don't know. Like, what? You know, you don't think, like, the, the Nintendo hasn't sent out some Mario blankets? I, I Yeah, I guess, but, like, I don't know. I I feel like statistically, I'm sure more of our <laughs> listeners have not had a Mario blanket. Well, I'll be interested to know, listeners. <laughs> uh, I never had a Mario blanket. Yeah, me neither. Uh, you know, now we're full circle. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Mr. Cool Red Luigi. Special thanks to Cool Gabe. Oh, Cool Gabe, I didn't plan a song for you, so now I'm doing this thing, and I don't know how it's gonna go. Ooh. Man, I love it when I sing about you. Normally I think about it first, but this time I didn't. Cool game. <laughs> you you really usually plan them in advance? I mean, at least, the, you know, when we start special things, I start thinking about it. This time I was not even thinking about the fact <laughs> that Cool Game was coming up. I don't know why. Uh, but that was a much more impromptu song than usual. Well, thanks, Cool Game. Thanks. Special thanks to Vinny G. Vinny G here again with some cool pics you're my good good friend i don't know what i'm doing (laughs) (laughs) thanks thanks Thanks, uh, man thanks Vinny. i I was glad to address uh the mario takes (laughs) in in this episode as well um you're saying you're saying some cool stuff in the discord recently yeah he always says cool stuff in the discord anytime Vinny pops up yeah you're always saying cool stuff in the discord Vinny. thank you for doing that thank you special thanks to all of our special thanks patrons if you want to be special thanked also you can pledge $20 or more on patreon.com slash beep boop group yes and we'll we'll give you special thanks if you do that yeah go for it here's a preview of what it will be like thanks x Hey, I'm making a song about you. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> there, uh, just, just imagine for twenty dollars, you can have it all. I, I wish I could have less. Really. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. See Thanks. you next time. Bye.